Hi, Domanics. Thanks for tuning in today. Today we have a very special guest, Ori Dees. Ori, who is Orlando Spado. He is the author of the best-selling book, The Accidental Gangster, from insurance salesman to Hollywood fixer. This is the true story of Orlando Ori Spado. He became one of the most respected gangsters in Hollywood. It follows Ori's life from New York to Los Angeles, where he became a fixer to Hollywood's elite, where he was friends with notorious mob bosses like Meyer Lansky, Frank Costello, John Gotti, Sonny Francesi, and Jimmy Caso. Let's welcome Ori to the show. Ori, welcome. Hello, Marilyn. Thank you for having me on. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. How about yourself? I can't complain. Yeah, or should I say ciao? Come stuff. Fa bene. Yeah. So can you tell us, like, you know, growing up, you were um you're born in New York, right? I was born in upstate New York in a town called Rome, New York. Near right near Utica. And uh had a a great childhood. Um three sisters, two brothers. And uh, it was a great childhood. Uh, at the age of 18, I joined the U.S. Army. Uh, I was in there for three years, honorably discharged, uh, which I'm very proud of. Yeah, thank you for your service. And uh, after the Army, I had a few odd jobs, and then I got into the insurance business, where I was extremely successful at. Yeah, you were making and, millions of dollars, right? You were very successful. When you say successful, audience, he was extremely successful. Let's put it this way. I was a multimillionaire in the late 60s and 70s. Wow. You were having you were having a great time. Well, you know, good things always come to an end sometimes. And then I got my first indictment, a federal indictment out of Syracuse, New York. And they took away my insurance license. And uh, slowly but surely, I was well groomed from a gentleman named Frank Russo. Uh, and I became a gangster. But I'm, I consider myself a renegade gangster. Uh, although I knew a lot of people, I knew all the bosses throughout the country, I just did my own thing. So how did you meet um, Frank Russo? Like uh, you just with well, Frank Frank Russo, uh, his father, his Frank Russo was actually a lawyer, but his father was a boss in upstate New York, uh, from Calabria, which my family's from Calabria, and uh, you know I knew things about my grandfather, and I didn't. And my grandfather came over this country as a made man out of Calabria. And uh, he, uh, so Frank knew my grandfather. Frank was older than I was. But he was always going to New York City, meeting with different people. I was with him, and this is how I met a lot of them. And then when I got my first indictment, I was trying to sell my insurance agency. And he introduced me to Carlo Marcello, and I went to New Orleans and met with Carlo. Uh, through the years, I met a lot of people. Uh, 
Sonny Franchese, I was friends with over 40 years until his death a few months ago at the age of 103. Wow. And, uh, if you Google Sonny Franchese, you'll see that I'm the one who actually uh, was the first one to announce his death. Oh. Um, TMZ called me, everybody. <laughs> yeah, so you were telling me, like, in Italy, um, that actually, um, quote unquote, being a mob was actually how the citizens in Italy were protecting the women from people that were raping them and, and hurting the citizens, right? Yes, it, what actually happened was in the 18, I think it was the 1800s, uh, you know, Italy is, was the most invaded country ever, uh, particularly Sicily. And the French invaded, took over Sicily. And on Sunday afternoons, uh, the wives would be in the park, uh, wheeling their children and so forth. And the French guards started raping the wife of the Italians. So a few guys got together and, and, and it just fled right through Italy. Uh, got together to take care of their own. And, you know, because we didn't take care of our own, nobody was. Right. And to this day, that's a good philosophy. We take care of our own. Uh, you know, no matter what our business is, it's a business. You know, it's just like uh, any other business. But, you know, we uh, operate in a little different ways. Uh, than uh, a business, but uh, it is a business. You were telling me, like, the Godfather, um, is that kind of true, the way they portray mob bosses, or it's completely fabricated Hollywood, you know? Uh, you got to understand something about the movie The Godfather. First of all, a lot of people saw the movie. Very few people read the book. I mean, a lot. I remember reading that book. I was on my way back from Hawaii. I read it on the plane, the whole flight. The book was fantastic. But you got to remember something. Mario Puzo put this together. And it's a little bit about bosses from each of the families. It was about nobody specific. But what the movie The Godfather did in my opinion, was not good. Because prior to the movie The Godfather, our society was a secret society. Although people on the streets knew who we were, the public really didn't know who we were, what we did, who was a made man, who wasn't a made man, who was an associate, who wasn't an associate, and so forth. Nobody knew. We had a saying, what happens in the shadows stays in the shadows. <laughs> um, but the movie The Godfather ruined it all. It brought it all out in the open. And then a lot of people in the movie, it looks like it's a glamorous life. It is not a glamorous life. And one thing that I'm trying to do with my book, The Accidental Gangster, is and like today i did a video and i'm explaining this is not a book of how to become a gangster this is a book of why you should not 
become a gangster. How not become a bank gangster? Okay. Uh, and I have helped, uh, uh, this is my second book. I've helped a lot of young men out. I'm very happy about that there. And I want to continue helping young men stay and be legitimate and stay in legitimate business, earn legitimate money and be good family men to their, their families. That's beautiful. Um, and because if you learn how to handle your money properly, at the end of the day, you're going to have more money making it legally than illegal. Fast money, fast woman, fast cars goes fast. That's true. Yeah. Very fast. Yeah. So on, um, I, I know one of your favorite movies is A Few Good Men um, and that you did like Jack Nicholson in that row. What was your favorite line from that movie? <laughs> You can't take the truth. <laughs> yeah. And the reason that is my favorite saying is because one thing about me and that, you know, I got thousands and thousands of followers throughout the world. And what they love about me is that I tell the truth. And I always have a saying with people. I say, you got to understand. This is probably why I'm single. Because <laughs> I, tell, I tell the woman, you know, I'm... The truth does hurt people. Some people cannot take the truth. And, you know, you should know that yourself, probably. Yes, that's true. So you began with um, this uh, Dino De Laurentiis and Ralph Serpe. Dino is an Italian film producer. How did you meet him? That's correct. Along with uh, Ralph Serpe, Dino and Carlo Ponte. I actually slept in the same bed as Sophia Loren. Ah, she's one of my favorites. She's so beautiful. and Unfortunately, she wasn't in it when I was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, they uh, they had the film uh, studios over in Italy when they came to this country. That's how we met them. And uh, uh they were great people, and I became involved with them. And sometimes when a problem would come up, they'd ask me about it, and I said, I'll handle it. And that's how I became known as the Hollywood Fixer. And uh, handling problems, I, I, I contributed to my insurance background because I got the ability to talk to people. I know how to talk. I know that when I say something, uh, my words are deliberate in a nice way and make people understand the problem. You capish? Yeah, capish. And uh, you helped out um, Naomi Campbell, right? When she had her stalker. Yes. How do you know that? Because <laughs> I read up on you. <laughs> yes. So, yes, I handled that issue for uh, Naomi. Uh, she was being stalked. White Cloth John uh, asked me if I would help her. She called me. I met with her at her home here in Beverly Hills. She gave me the information she had, but she did not have an address. So the first thing I had to do was find an address, which came pretty quickly because we have ways of finding things. And uh, 
I sent two of my guys in New York to his home. Uh, they did not, they were not very nice, um, but they didn't do nothing. And my instructions were to put them on the telephone with me. And they did. And I explained to them in no uncertain terms that he was even to think about Naomi Campbell. Or else, take a look at those two guys in front of you. Because the next time they will not be nice. Well, let's not and, mess with Orlando. I, you know, and, and you know, when you're in the limelight, that's sad that like there are stalkers that come into people's houses. There was just um, people breaking in in Woodland Hills to to double gate. So yeah, I mean, that is a problem once you become really famous and yeah. So you help out a lot of people. A lot of celebrities and you know, there's so many sick people in this world. It's crazy. Yeah, and you, you know, help, yeah, and you help um, Sug Knight get his money too. Yeah, there was a, you helped so it, many people. I help tons of people. And, and you know what? I can tell you, when I got in trouble, were not for my children, I had nobody there. My children and a couple of friends. My friends in London helped me out. I got a lot of friends in London. So, they helped me out. So you were, um, pe people don't know this, but you were hanging around with some of the biggest names. Like, uh, can you tell them some of your experiences? You were with Dean Martin and all these celebrities that you were their friends. Yeah. Can you tell us? Uh, I, I never dreamed it as a child when I would see them on television. You know, and I'm talking about in the day when you had choice of four stations. That's when television was good. <laughs> but uh, I never dreamed that I would ever meet these people and then I'd become friends with them. Uh, it's really funny. But uh, I got to tell you something. They were all good men. Frank was great. Dino, I love Dino to death. Uh, Don Rickles, Rich Gallatin, Sammy. Uh, I met them all. I mean, the people that I met through the years, you know, I, I'm not a guy. Uh, a celebrity can sit next to me. I don't know who they are today. You know what I mean? Yeah, you hung out with President Ronald Reagan, Nancy Reagan. Well, I didn't hang out with Ronald Reagan. No way. Uh -huh. No way Ronald Ronald Reagan used to come to Mateo's restaurant on Sunday nights with Nancy. After his presidency, and he moved here to Bel Air to his home. And he'd come in on Sunday nights. And if you walk into Mateo, they, uh, I haven't been there in a long time. I'm sure it's the same. But there were tables uh, elevated a little with a bar. And he'd come in with a secret service and hold on to the railing. And he always put his hand on my shoulder and said, how you doing, young man? Hey, how you doing, Mr. Reagan? And uh, so forth. And that would be, uh, you know, he was cordial. He said hello to everybody. Not just me, you know what I mean? But you did drink and smoke and dine with Frank Sinatra, John Voight, Milton Berle. And well, I, I know Frank Sinatra um, from Palm Springs, so... Uh, Frank was a gambler, loved gambling. Uh, so, you know, Frank smoked, I smoked. And then Mateo said, in those days, now you can't smoke nobody. <laughs> True. But, uh, 
but in those days, uh, in the dining area, they the, the main dining area, you were not allowed to smoke. And Frank was not allowed to smoke around Nancy. She didn't want her smoking. So he comes, he come and go to the bar, and I be with him. And then he and I sit at the bar, smoke our cigarettes, and uh, shoot the shoot the breeze. So, what led to your um, sixty-two months in prison? Everything's going great. You're you're living this life. You're friends with all these amazing people, and then then it happened the the day that they came, well, knocked on your door. That began in nineteen ninety-seven. It's in my book. An FBI agent. Told me, he said, I will see the day that you are chained, shackled, put on con air, and brought to work with. 1997. That agent made that a reality in 2008. 11 years later, can you imagine? So, you know, where's the real organized crime? Real organized crime is in Washington, D.C., the House of Representatives. That's the real organized crime. It's very well organized. But anyways, that became, uh, it was a recall indictment on the Colombo crime family. Uh, and I was changed, shackled, put on Con Air, and brought to Brooklyn, New York. Where I spent 30 months in Brooklyn fighting my case. And uh, and then I did my uh, next 30 months in Lampo up in Northern California. And, and how did how did that change you or make you feel? Like was that did did, did all your friends come to you? Did they were they there for you? You said just it was your family and friends at that point that were by your side at that point well let's put it this way all the people that i done favors for they weren't there when my children were there and uh, a few very few friends uh but there were a few friends and those people are my friends to this day you know you, you're lucky if you go through life and you can count on three of your fingers Three of your fingers. If you got three good friends, you did something right. And also that um, you're one of your your things that you're known for is that you will not squill on anyone. That you believe that that's not what you do. It's it's honor. So even to to, to your um, prison, you just never never let that affect your your your. Um, being honorable to your secrets and those you worked for. Well, honorable to my 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 uh, my upbringing. Uh, my father taught me never to snitch on anybody. I believe you should never snitch on anybody. Okay. Uh, to this day, I still believe that. There, you do something wrong, take the responsibility and do your time. It's that simple. Yeah. So, you, so, um, so we hear that you are having a very busy year. 
you're a partner in a publishing company and uh, you're, you are turning this amazing book, this amazing story into a film. And can you talk about anything? Your writer on the story um, is who is writing the screenplay? Uh, I cannot. I had a discussion with him the other day. Because of the COVID, it's very tough for everybody to get around. But this writer, he's not only just a writer, he's a director. He's very, very well known. He was supposed to have a movie that was supposed to be out in November, then December. I will not give his name, but I'll tell you who's in the movie. Robert De Niro, Morgan Freeman, Tommy Lee Jones, Ben Groff, and several others. And he's done several other movies. He's, and right now he's really hot. But uh, we had a call a couple of days ago, and he says, just stay calm. I'm going to do your story. And hopefully he might be getting uh, a first look deal with Amazon or Netflix. So uh, it's going to happen. But, you know, being in Hollywood, it happens on their time, not my time. So, and this, this COVID is hurting a lot of people. And every, every business, it doesn't make a difference what business you're in, it's hurting people. Yep, it's true. Like we're um, taping remotely right now. And one of the things is we can't, um, in Los Angeles, all the restaurants have closed again. So like you said, you used to go to Mateo's. So I know that you, what's your favorite drink? So if we were able to go to a drink and sit at the bar and talk, um, I heard that you like Chivas on the Rocks with the twist of lemon. Well, that used to be my, my, my drink many years ago. Once in a while, I'll have that there. I don't drink like I did when I was younger, of course. I might have a glass of wine. You know, prior to prison, I would go out almost every night for dinner, and I could have two, three glasses of red wine with dinner. And nowadays, I have a glass of wine, red wine. I don't know why. It just puts me right out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my drink, the older you get, your drinking habits change. Uh, Right now, uh, my neighbor comes over once in a while. I'll have a cocktail with him. I bought some Aidenau because as a child growing up, I remember having uh, Christmas time with uh, Aidenau with Canadian Club uh, whiskey. Sounds good. I love eggnog during the holidays. Seagram <laughs> 7 whiskey, yeah. And uh, so I'll... That's what I'm drinking right now. Nice, nice. I know. Cheers to you. Um, well, your story is incredible. You've helped so many people in Hollywood and around the world. Your life is fascinating. And I wish you all the best. And I, I am so happy that you came on the show today. And uh, film addicts and film lovers, you can catch up with, uh, with Orlando, uh, or known as Ori. <laughs> Spot Ori. And uh, people want to know about me, they can go to my website, www.theaccidentalgangster.com, or on, I'm on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook. You, you will find me. I post videos every day. I'm very well known now throughout the world. But uh, it's a great journey. I'm happy to be here. And I thank you very much, Marilyn, for having me on your show.
You're welcome. And thanks for tuning in, everyone. And we'll catch up with you next week. Happy, happy New Year. Stay healthy, my friends. Well, happy oh. New Year's. And I got a birthday coming. You did when's your birthday? Well, you got to read the book. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I just, I'm in November, my Scorpio. So happy birthday, yeah. Ori. And thank you for coming to the show. Ciao, okay. ciao. Ciao. Take care now.